You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Yep. Off and running on this Saturday, October 10th. How is everybody feeling? How's everybody doing? Yes. Oh, my God. What a disaster. I mean, what? no other way to put it. No other way to put it. We have lots to do. Two hours to do so. The number, of course, you know, one 800 919 ESPN. Welcome in. Welcome into the morgue. It is the Gordon Damer show, as I said, and uh, we got a lot to do on this Saturday morning. So let's start off. How about those NBA finals, man? Huh? Wow. Jimmy Butler last night. He was like a man on a mission, huh? Yeah. What a performance. LeBron passing to Danny Green. Let's break it down. Let's break it down for the next two. I would rather take two straight hours of mind-numbing calls about who's better, LeBron or Michael Jordan today, than what we have to do, what we need to do. And uh, it's pretty clear what we got to do, right? And that is to put the 2020 Yankees to bed because their season is over. It ends last night in Game 5 of their division series and sooner than uh, we wanted for many of us, for Yankee fans, not for uh, the Yankee hater out there. And there are plenty of them. This is a day of celebration for them. This is a day they look forward to every single year. And they uh, love it. And they will live it up for the next 24 hours before they get back to their miserable lives. But it's not about them on this uh, Saturday morning, of course. It's about what the Yankees did or didn't do last night as their season ends. And ends sooner than it did the year before. It ends again without a World Series title or really, you know, without even a trip to the World Series. Maybe if they had made the World Series, you might be able to explain it away as something other than a failure. But when you come into the year looking to, even a strange year like this year, looking to finally end the World Series drought, and you don't even get out of the Division Series, there's no other way to put it. It is a failure. And uh, now we deal with the grief. The five stages of sports grief, right? And I know the five stages of sports grief because for the last 11 years, we've gotten right firsthand knowledge of them. So what are the five stages of sports grief? Well, I guess the first one, obviously, is denial, right? I can't believe that in a do-or-die game five that the Yankees scored one run, one home run, and not just one home run, no real rallies, three hits, Four walks. I can't believe that circular lineup, right? We kept hearing about this circular lineup. And what should have been the Yankees' major advantage in this series, let them down again. That's what denial sounds like. And we can deal with denial. But then, of course, you come to a very popular stage. I I get the feeling a lot of you are probably in this stage. And I guess if I had to pinpoint which stage I would be in, the ever-popular Anger. I get the feeling when we open up the phones at 1-800-919-ESPN, anger is going to be one where people find themselves. I don't need to tell you what anger sounds like. We'll have firsthand knowledge of that if you don't already. Third stage, bargaining. Now, in, when you deal with actual laws, that's a different bargaining. In a sports sense, bargaining is... It sounds like we need to cut Gary Sanchez. We need to sign JT Real Muto, sign Trevor Bauer, go get uh, uh, Lindor out of Cleveland. That's bargaining in the sports sense. So you might be in that stage already. I know a lot of Yankee fans, as soon as the season's over, this is what we got to do. We got to trade this guy. We got to cut this guy. We got to make sure this guy never plays again. That's bargaining. And then you have stage four. Stage four is, it's Aaron Boone's fault. No, stage four is actually depression, which feels like depression should be earlier, right? To me, it feels like it should be depression, anger, or anger, depression. And then, for me, I think a lot of times, it it starts as one and then goes back to the other. So it starts as anger, goes to depression, goes back to anger, goes back to depression. Maybe you find yourself in depression. And then the final stage is acceptance, which... Uh, The acceptance, what that would sound like, is that you lost to the better team, right? The Rays just beat you. And that is, I think, an acceptable area to eventually wind up, but not today. No, 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 no. If you've moved on to acceptance this quickly, 
then I don't really feel like you were in it to begin with. That I think that you were already had one foot out the door. This is a brutal way for the season to end. But I think the if I had to find, and look, this is a stretch to find. I'm like G-Man Choi at first base, stretching to find whatever silver lining. I think what it would be is that the way the season ended was definitive. The reason why the Yankees lost the series was definitive. And it simply is. The offense failed them. That's it. When it came down to the rubber hitting the road, to brass tacks, whatever the cliche you want to have, game five, do or die, the Yankee offense, which was supposed to be their advantage in this series, the circular offense, it failed them. They scored one run. You know, sometimes when playoff series end, when series, when seasons end, it's let's try to decipher what went wrong. It's, it's this thing. It's that thing. This year, it's pretty simple. It's on the offense. And you can say that and have a real level of confidence in that because you've seen the Yankee offense for the last few years let you down in the postseason. Now, I think that the reason, and certainly you can have your opinion, 1-800-919-ESPN, is as clear as day why the Yankees lost. They scored one run in a do-or-die game five. That's it. That's all it comes down. It's not any deeper than that. What I will not accept is other reasons that people will go to, and one of them, that is driving me nuts because I saw it last night on Twitter. I'm listening to it from people. Well, you know, the Yankees, they lost this series with game two. What? With all due respect, what in the name of God are you talking about? You just played game five. You won game one. Now, game two's pitching decision was stupid. But that is not the reason why the Yankees lo- I would just simply say, if you felt that way, they lost the series when they lost game two, then why the hell were you watching last night? If they had already, lo- they already decided. I-, I don't know what to say. I- that-, that might be, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I feel like people are trolling me when they say that. Another one that I'm not going to accept, and I saw his name trending last night when the season ends. This loss is on Aaron Boone. That loss last night is on, not on Aaron Boone. Anyone saying that just wants to kick the dog. You're just ticked off and you're looking for something to blame and there's nobody in the house and you just go off and you just kick the dog. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. That is not on Aaron Boone. I would say that last night's game was not even on the Yankee bullpen. Well, how can you say it? Chapman gave up the game-winning home run. Second straight season. Well, I would say that was their best options at the time. Yesterday during the the morning show, we talked about how Aaron Boone, one of the concerns I had was, is he going to be able to hit all the right buttons? Because you know that Garrett Cole is not going to be pitching into the seventh, eighth inning, right? He's going to probably be out of there, hopefully, in the fifth, sixth, you might be able to get that much out of him, but then you have to almost reverse the game how you would ordinarily run the game. You have to, if it's a close game, which it was, you have to go with your best guys right then and there. Don't worry about who's going to close in the ninth, who's going to pitch in the eighth. Save the game right then and there. Prevent the other team from scoring. So that means going to Britain early. That means going to Chapman early. And hopefully, by the time you get to the eighth or ninth inning, your offense is, has, has broken the game open. Uh, obviously, that was not the case last night. So Aaron Boone going to Araldis Chapman when he did, or it, it's it's ridiculous to be. That was your best option. You're only as good as your option. And Boone managed the game correctly. He rode Cole as long as he could. He got fortunate that uh, Gardner made the play that he did. He didn't try to steal outs. He didn't wait. He was decisive. Whether you like it or not, Britton and Chapman were their best guys. I mean, who the people who are saying, well, Chapman did it. Who else did you want to go with? Luis Sessa? That was the right call. So that is not the reason why the Yankees lost. The reason the Yankees lost, it's clear as the nose in your face. It was game five. You scored one run. I understand you went up against really good pitching. You scored one run. You had three hits. 
End of story. It's no deeper than that. It's no deeper than that. Yes, the Yankees can talk a good game, but they didn't play a good game. They played hard, but they they just didn't score any runs. Guys did not come through. And much like how the season has ended the last few years, the offense being the culprit for all the talk about the starting pitching and the bullpen and Boone and this thing and deep end, it's the offense, especially this year. The offense should have been an even bigger factor for the Yankees, right? Five games in five days. Other teams' pitchers might be a little tired, right? I mean, this is the year where offense should have been the king, and it was not. So if your takeaway is anything other than the Yankee offense let them down, I simply don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. But you keep hearing all these different things. Well, and look, these bugaboos, these, these, these talking points, people are angry. And I get it. Anger, I'm with you. I'm angry. I get it. Anger, I understand. But you, can't, you have to use your brain a little bit. So if you're going to call up at 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776, I've seen this a lot. Uh, Brian was talking to me before the show. Producer Brian Munguia was talking to me before the show. You know, it's either home run or bust. Well, I, I could take that maybe. And people saying, well, you take away the Yankees. If the, the Yankees can't win if they don't hit home runs. The team that beat you beat you because they hit home runs. I mean, did you watch the game? Katie Sharp, who does a great job with stats. The teams that hit more home runs in this year's postseason – are now 22-1. and one. You have to score runs when you get the chance. And a lot of times you get the chance by driving a ball over the wall. It's harder to score runs by stringing hit after hit after hit. The Yankees had three hits in the entire game. You expect them to string them all together in one time? Come on. It's crazy. I, I, I understand the frustration is there and you want to blame this thing or that thing. But if you're going to be focusing on, if your takeaway from last night is, well, you know what? The Yankees are just too reliant on these analytics. You lost to a team that their calling card, no team in baseball is more invested in analytics than the Rays. How do you think the team with the $50 million payroll beat the team with the $250 million payroll? How do you think they did that? They look for any advantage, and they exploit any advantage. And you know what? When they get to the next round, because their season's still going, they'll be playing the Astros, who, in case you're not aware, pretty invested in analytics. And then, chances are, they'll be playing the Dodgers, also pretty invested in analytics. So, to me, the reason the Yankee lost, season's over, clear as no as the nose on your face. How do you fix it? Eh, it's a little tougher. That one is a little tougher. This so was we'll my question to you, Gordon. I know. What's that, Brian? That was my question to you, Gordon. How well, do we fix this? Brian, we will look, we got two full hours. <sighs> we have to pick through I'm very the bones frustrated. of the season. I'm we have boiling to do the inside. autopsy. We're like a sports Quincy here. That's a <laughs> dated reference that nobody will get. <laughs> Look at the bright side, right? As I said on Twitter last night, at least we got the Jets and Giants, right? We got the, oh, yeah. Yankees might win another game before they, them two. Boy, so, all right. So then the question is, of course, how do you fix it, right? Like the Yankee offense is, has been the issue the last few years for all the talk about starting pitching and then going out and getting Cole, which is a fantastic move. And he was fantastic last night, gave you everything you could possibly hope for. And uh, had some real big moments in that game, especially in the first inning, making his way out of that, that jam. That was great, but the the real issue is the offense. And I'll be I'll be honest with you, I don't know that there's that really that much of a chance of a change. Like you take a look, right? You got ten spots on offense if you consider the DH as well. Seven of those spots are pretty much like locked up, right? Like you're not going, you know, for all the calls it will take, and I'm sure there'll be some wacky ones. You know, I don't think the Yankees are going to be trading away Glaber Torres. They're not going to be trading away Aaron Judge. Uh, I don't think that, uh, you know, most of those spots on offense, I think they're pretty much locked into. Like, I don't think they're moving off Gio Urshela at third. I don't think they're going to trade away Luke Voigt. So most of the spots in the order, Stanton's here. He's not going anywhere. He's not opting out even after the great postseason. 
So a lot of the spots in the order, they're going to be locked in. And with the amount of changes that they're going to have to make to the, the starting staff, right? Paxson's a free agent. Tanaka's a free agent. Hap's gone. Not a lot of certainty. Once you get past Cole, you got Severino coming back from Tommy John. You figure David Garcia is going to be a part of the rotation in some way, but a lot of the focus is going to be on the rotation. A lot of the focus is going to be on the uh, the bullpen, right? The bullpen this year was not nearly as strong as it's been in past years. There's a lot of fixes that need to be made there. So I don't know how much of a, of a, of a focus the offense will even be. And and what the fix actually is. Like, if you're going to call up and say they can't be so home run reliant, take a look at the teams that win in the postseason. They hit home runs. You have to hit home runs. You're not going to string together hit after hit. You're not going to bunt your way to a World Series title. You're not going to steal bases on your way. Now, it would be nice to be able to do those kind of things, but those can't be the focus of, of, of fixing the offense. That can't be the focus of fixing the offense. So I, I wish I had you. I had some great answers for you. Here you go. All you have to do is this. I, I don't know that that's, uh, that that answer is uh, is evident at this point in time. All right, let's get some calls involved. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go out to. Uh, we'll start things off with Devin in Manhattan. Devin, what's going on, my man? Good morning, Damon. I'm Gordon Damar, home of the Steph Rothenberg. Thank you, my friend. I- I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm angry. I'm just, uh, I mean, we have so many chances, Gordon. Like, we, we men on bases and, you know, and we couldn't do nothing. We like well, Last night, that's the thing, though, Devin, you really didn't have many chances. Now, it was a close game, right? It was it was one nothing. it was 1-1, it's 2-1. Uh, and then by the time it's 2-1, you're, you're down to your final three outs. But uh, I, they didn't really have that many chances last night. You know, if, if this had right. been a game where you're leaving guys on base or you had, you know, a bunch of walks in an inning or something like that, uh, that might make it more painful than what it than what it was. You know, you kept hoping for that one big swing to kind of put you back out in front, and it just never came. And it never came. And, you know, on paper, we, we look good, and then, one only one run run. I mean, I don't know where we, where do we go from here. Like, we can't do nothing with Sanchez. Uh, well, I, look, I, I don't, I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're going to do with Sanchez. And Devin, thanks for the call. I mean, he is, uh, he's arbitration eligible again this year. I'm pretty sure. So uh, he's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. And it does certainly seem like, with the way the postseason went about, that they have kind of moved off Gary Sanchez and they've kind of had it. And, and look, that's understandable, right? I mean, the way he performed during the season, this is – you know, when they made the move to Aaron Boone, the, the thought, at least to me, was that his approach was now going to take this young, blossoming team and he, his approach would help maximize – the potential that this team that made it to within one game of the World Series clearly had at that point, right? And Sanchez, I think, was the embodiment of that. That he here's this young guy who had moments but had some issues as well, right? Joe Girardi had, had, had kind of you know criticized him at, at certain points, not, not didn't crush him, but did uh, kind of you know hold his feet to the fire a little bit. And now here we are three years in, and I don't know that there's – is there a guy that you would say, boy, oh, boy, good thing they made that managerial change because now, yes, the team has made the playoffs, but that's not really why – any. I think a lot of people kind of running the show would be able to make the playoffs. And this is not to crush Aaron Boone. I'm not saying that last night's loss is on Aaron Boone. But that's not also to say that he's necessarily the right guy moving forward. So the Sanchez decision is going to be fascinating because as bad as he's been, and he's been bad, this is not slander, this is not talking out of school. I mean, he has been bad. He's a defensive liability, and there was, there's really – how were you supposed to get him in any of these games? He can't hit and he can't catch. That's, and he's, he's, you know, he's a catcher, so he's not like he's going to steal you a bag either. So it's very, very difficult. I don't know what the decision is going to be there. Because he's a 27-year-old guy who's got great power and at times has shown great potential. But two of the last three years, he has been a nightmare. You know, he's been a nightmare. I don't need to hear about pitch framing. (laughs) Could you mix in a base hit every once in a while? 
So that's going to be a decision they're going to have to make. I, I see it's kind of hard to, for me to believe that they're now going to, uh, you know, just put Kyle Higashioka and another guy behind the plate and just go for defense. But it, it, I guess it can't be that shocking considering that you go five games and the last couple, Gary Sand, I mean, he was in there last night, which, oh my God, talk about it. Like that decision, what were they? For all the talk, now that this series is over and people are going to focus on Game 2 and Happ and Garcia and all that type of stuff, what was that decision? Eighth inning, 1-1 game, you decide to pinch hit Mike Ford for your defensive uh, you know, star behind the plate? That was as bad as anything. You take out this guy, every inning is blocking balls in the dirt so you can pinch hit for a guy who had an OPS plus of 37 for the year, had not had a hit since August. Well, you want to you go for the home run? You want some power there? You want to take a shot? He had two home runs this year. Two. That's like sinking your life savings into lot, lottery scratch-off tickets at 7-Eleven, standing in the parking lot, just firing them off with a coin. Whew, never mind the added impact of having Sanchez catch. When that move was made... It didn't. You did not exactly have to be like the most creative person in the world to see how that move could come back. Why not just have Sanchez hit in that spot? I think that there's a better chance of Sanchez running into one than, than Mike Ford. So that I mean, it didn't end up com- coming back to haunt them. Luckily for them, Chapman <laughs> did that. All right, let's go back to the phones. One eight hundred nine one ninety ESPN. Joe is in Brooklyn. Joe. Hey, good morning, Joe. How you doing? I'm. You're Joe. I'm Gordon. I'm sorry. That's Good morning, right. Gordon. I, I've been called worse, Joe. Don't worry about it. Nah, nah. You know, first off, I'm just going to ask you a quick question. But before I do, I uh, just wanted to thank you for doing what you do and making my mornings easier as I go into work. I appreciate it, Joe. Thank they you. pay me money for it, so it's not like I'm doing it for free. But go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> so I just wanted to ask you real quick. Uh, do you think um, Boone kind of put Chapman in either too early or left them in no. the game too long? Nope. Nope, I don't. I just felt like the you know it was a good uh, bat off between him and um, Mike that hit the home run, but yeah, look, look uh, I mean it, 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 that at bat by Brosseau was was a fantastic at bat, ten pitches and all the storylines that go into it. It certainly fits a very easy to uh, to root for narrative, and everybody's jumping on it. Of course, the 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 confrontation between Brosseau and Chapman during the year, but no, I thought that that I mean, who else did you want to go to? Even knowing now, right? Even knowing now that Chapman gives up the home run, who would you say, hey, I would rather have this guy in there than, than Chapman? The, the Yankees' bullpen this year was not the typical multi-headed monster that it generally is. So it was, to me, the way I managed that game, and I wanted Boone to manage that game, and I said it yesterday morning, was once you ride Cole as long as you can. But when it comes to going to the bullpen, don't save your your closer for the ninth inning. Bring him in as early as you need to keep that game. If it's tied, which it was, or no, uh, yeah, it was tied. Uh, tied Keep keep that game tied until your offense can finally break through. And uh, so going to Britain first, no problem with that. Making the move to Chapman, I didn't really have a problem with that one at the time either. So, uh, no, I'm not going to blame Aaron Boone for, for Chapman giving up the home run. That's on Chapman. What did you thought about the umpire with his calls with these low, um, low ah, look, I mean, I think the umpiring was worse. I'm not going to blame. Uh, I'm not going to blame the umpiring last night. Uh, I think that uh, obviously the CB Buckner game, he was all over the map, but you knew that going in. But actually, the the, the following game was it Mark Carlson. I think that his his umpire and the two calls that he had, the the non walk to void and then the uh, strike him out, throw him out. He was actually much more impactful than even CB Buckner, who we all knew was going to be bad behind the plate. So no, there's look, the Rays beat you. They they uh, they had to deal with the same things last night. I didn't see anything. I'm sure if I went back and watched the game, there'd be calls that you know. I do think that the one thing that will come out of this series is there's more and more support now for an electronic strike zone. I think more, you know, when fans first hear that, I think they hate the idea. Oh, robot ums, blah, blah, blah. and it's almost unfair to the umpires because we have all these camera angles. Like, imagine you doing your job, and they just have machines that are just, you know, that, that the whole reason those machines exist is to see whether or not you you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing or. And every little angle and, and boxes and 3D graphics. and 
it's almost unfair to the umpires to think that they're going to be able to to nail every single pitch. And at the end of the day, there is something to be said that the, the strike zone's there so people swing the bat. So it's kind of hard to get upset about, you know, a pitch that's like two inches off the plate being called a sh- Oh, it's not a strike. You know, it's almost impossible with the technology that we have to be holding umpires to this standard. But the technology exists, so I do think that more and more people are now going to be um, uh, in favor, slowly but surely. I mean, it's not going to be base cam, which is just sensational. Is everybody enjoying base cam? Uh, let's go to Eric in Hillsdale. Eric, what's going on, my friend? Good morning. Gordon, to me, it's pretty cut and dry. Uh, I, you know, I'm not one of these Yankee fans who's going to wake up this morning and be shocked. If we're going to talk about analytics and it's all about averages and numbers, Tampa Bay owned us this year, plain and simple. It got the best of us. This crazy 2020 season was a streaky Yankee team. We had to go on a 10-game winning streak just to make it into the playoffs. And what happened? The numbers bared out. On top of it, bad management put it all together. This is the outcome of the 2020 Yankees. Choked. Plain and simple. Cut and dry. That's it. Well, uh, look, Eric, I'd like to, I'd like to disagree with you. Uh, I think that the offense, uh, to me, the area, you know, I think when we're dealing with anger, it's very easy to say, you know, uh, gutless, this gutless team. I think they fought. I think that it, they were going up against good pitching. But at the end of the day, they got beat. Uh, and the yeah. offense again, again, the offense, which is supposed to be the strength, even more so this year than in other years, just did not, was not able to come up with the big hit or, or really any hits. And, and I, I understand the way baseball is played. It's launch exit. It's exit velo. It's home run after home run after home run. At the end of the day, it's pitching, catching, and hitting. And they could not hit in this series, at least for this one game. They yep. did not hit. They didn't hit home runs. And they lost. That's, That's it. it. Plain and simple. Yep. Now, I mean, and look, and Eric, if it were simply just this year, I would say, you know what? It's a weird year. It's one game. You don't judge things on one game. We've seen, and in this series, the Yankees, not last night so much, but even in game two, they had opportunities. Even in game three, they had opportunities to score runs. We're not able to come through. That is That, that was the, the main hammer that they had. And it's the main hammer they've had in other series. You know, last year, the offense... Two years ago, the offense, it just did not come through when you need And now there's no gl- more glaring example of it than, than last night. You scored one run. So for all the, for the, for the focus is going to be on this thing and that thing and all these other different things, to me, if you're focusing on Boone after last night, I just think that you're just somebody who just does not like Aaron Boone. Uh, and, and if you really want somebody, I mean, come on, let's be fair. Much like the Game 2 decision, that was not Boone making that. If you want to criticize somebody within the Yankee hierarchy, the person to blame is 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 uh, Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman is 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 the guy who's running the entire thing. So if you have a a real criticism to me, it, that's the person that you have to start with. And whether or not the one area that I look at the Rays and the Yankees as being, I think that is a fair criticism is the Rays had a much more complete team you know the Yankees had guys in their bullpen that they just could not rely on in anything outside of like a blowout kind of game uh and Sanchez you could not rely on him you had other guys in the you know Mike Ford even despite getting in a bat last night couldn't really trust him in a big spot so uh or really any spot I mean you know he had a bad year so I think that that has to be the focus but again it's not like that there's an easy fix. I'd love to be able to come on and say, okay, here's the three-step plan. You do this, you do that, you do this, boom. Next year, World Series. You went out last, I mean, what were we all saying at this time last year? You got to go out and get Garrett Cole. They went out and got Garrett Cole, and they didn't make it even as far as they did last year, which last year was a disappointment. So uh, we're taking your phone calls, of course, 1-800-919-ESPN. On the uh, Yankee season come to an end last night, and uh, people have uh, tweeted me as well about uh, the reasons why, and I think it's pretty clear the reasons why the Yankees are not moving on or not uh, able to beat the Rays, and it was on the offense. It was on the offense last night, and it was on the offense in this series, and it's been on the offense the last few years. As great as the Yankee names in the lineup are, for whatever reason, they have not been able to get the key hit in the key spot in multiple postseasons in a row. And it's not like I have a fix. I can't tell you, hey, just do this. Just do that, and it'll be it'll be fixable. 
But that's the area, if you, if you had a magic wand and you could fix it, that would be the area. And I'm sorry, I don't want to hear all the same tropes that I hear every single year. Or it's, it's about analytics. You lost to the Rays. Nobody's more invested in analytics than them. That's how they're able to do what they do. And I don't want to hear about Game 2. Jose uh, Torado uh, tweeted me and said, uh, I understand you say they didn't hit when they need to. However, to say Game 2 wasn't the reason they lost the series is just as bad as using Hap. You just admitted it was a dumb move. Anyone other than Hap pitches that game, it might be different. Yes, it might be different, but not necessarily. It might be just as bad. And again, as bad as the Hap move was, you, you know, two things can be true. That was a dumb move. And it's not the reason that they lost the series. Those two things, those are two separate statements that can both be true and are true. You just played game five. That was game two. I'm not the brightest bulb, but I know how numbers work. So to say that it's a dumb move and that's the reason you lost the series. When Hap left that game, game two, you were trailing by a run, 5-4. You had an opportunity in the ninth inning with Aaron Judge standing at the plate to win that game. So you can't say that that's the reason why they lost the series. It was a dumb move. It was a terrible idea. And to think that the Yankees, you know, for all the talk about scripting games and scripting this and scripting that, they just got done with a five-game series against their hated rival, and the way they drew it up was to have Davey Garcia pitch all of one inning. That's, that's really stupid. That's really stupid. But that's not the reason, to me, that they lost the series. The reason, and it, I, I, can't, I, I can't imagine that it would ever be more clear than it was. The offense. It's on the offense. It's on the bats. And the problem trying to fix that is there's not many w- areas where you're going to move off the guys that you already got. Now, LeMahieu is a free agent, but you think, you think the, the anger level is high right now. Yankees don't sign DJ LeMahieu. Oh, my God. They'll be rioting in the streets. So one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN one eight hundred nine one nine three seven whatever blah you know the number blah blah blah. Uh, the worst part of this though, as bad as last night was, as as painful as last night was. Now it gets now like maybe you're a sports fan who can just shut it off and not pay attention to it at all, and you don't care unless the Yankees are playing. The worst part of it is now you have to root for the Rays. You have no choice. I don't care if Brasso hit the game-winning home run and then went like full Brian Cox and flipped the double middle fingers as he crossed home plate. There's no way you can root for the Astros. Satan could spawn a team from the pits of hell and you'd have to root for the Devils or whatever they would be called. What do you think they would be called? A team from, from, from the Lucifers? The Lucifers, I feel like, would have some good gear, right? The Beazelbobs, whatever. Um... You know, the devil is the personification of evil in a spiritual sense. The Astros are the personification of evil in every other sense. So as much as you hate the Rays and you hate this one, you hate that one, uh, you have, yeah, I mean, you have to root for them. They might be your last hope because I got no faith in the Dodgers. I got no faith in the Braves. At this point, it's Rays or bust. It's Rays or bust. So, I mean, just, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse... It can. It can always get worse. That's the message. That's a happy message on a Saturday, huh? All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN. Guy is in Queens. Guy, how are you, my friend? What's up, Gordon? All I got to do is say that better pitching beats better hitting any time. And Chapman didn't get a couple of those calls, you know, before the guy hit the home run. So Tampa didn't hit either, so you can't really blame the off, you know, all the runs on the Yankees. And hits. Yeah, but the, the but the Rays offense is a mediocre offense. I think they finished like 13th in runs in the in the regular season, so they're not expected to to be able to to put up runs in bunches. The the one advantage that the Yankees had in this series, it wasn't pitching, it wasn't defense, it wasn't bullpen, it was the offense. And uh, for all the talk of the circular offense, uh, they put up a whole bunch of zeros. That that's also a circle. As uh, all I got to do is say, up the other day. all yeah. I got to do is saying that. Think the umpire needs to see an eye dog. He was absolutely horrible. Mm. Chapman should have got a couple of those pitches. So well, uh, look, a guy. I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I like to try and think along with the game, and I did kind of think that one of those pitches, if uh, Higashioka had still been behind the plate, there's a better chance that he would have been able to steal maybe uh, some of those pitches. I thought Higashioka did a nice job of of uh, pitch framing, and boy, oh boy, 
you saw in this series, you know, like when you first heard the term pitch framing, I think most baseball fans kind of rolled their eyes. and Oh, my God, what is this, this pitch framing? I think you got to see over the course of this series how important that stat actually is because the Rays were able to steal a whole lot of pitches where the Yankees catchers, uh, they were not, they, they did it too to a certain degree, and I thought that, that Higashioka did a nice job last night. But that is, that is a thing that can impact the game, being able to steal a strike here, the difference between 2-1 and one and 1-2 one and two and all those type of things. But, uh, no, that's not the, the – the umpiring in the series was far worse in games 2 and 3. I'm not going to blame the umpiring last night. Those are excuses. Simple, simple as that. Uh, let's go out to uh, – Spike is in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, buddy? Well, I'd say good morning, but I know it's it's, no, it's not. Um, I have a friend of mine that does what uh, you do and others do on uh, another station. He always says the same thing to me, and, and you said it in a roundabout way. And here, here's a statement, and I'm, I'm sure he's, he'll nail me today on He says, unless you're playing a one-game elimination, the pitching will always catch up to the hitting. Always. And the Yankees, if you go back, I don't care if you go back one year or ten years, and haven't won since '09. They always, the pitching, I don't care if you bring your best Anderson in the third inning, whatever they did. I don't care how you jumble it up. The better pitching will stop the hitting. He said to me, I'm always afraid the hitting will stop. And it stopped last night. And there were three 360-foot home runs. You know, some guy will call up today and say, well, that ballpark, please. Gardner saved one. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and Chapman, this guy had hit a home run previously off of uh, Chapman. And two, the day, the day yeah, after he, uh, the whole uh, incident. buzzing thing. Yeah. Right, right. So, so listen, they, they don't have enough hitting. And pitching always beats hitting. Like I said, unless it's a one-game deal and they can go back. Listen, you know how old I am. You can go back to 1960 where the Yankees lost four games to three against the Pirates and outscored them by three times the runs. You know, they were winning 12-1 and losing 3-2. That's the way baseball is. you got to hit. And the way they swing today, I like it. Look, I like baseball. I like watching good pitching. But everyone goes up there with this, what do they call it, a launch angle. They look like the guy at the amusement park trying to, you know, hit the bell with, that, with mm-hmm. the hammer. It's, it, this is the way the game is played. He, he, he got outmanaged a little bit, and they have a deeper pitching staff. And I, I don't want to hear they needed Kane Lee. He did everything right, pretty much. And the umpiring is a bunch of bull crap because the umpiring stinks all around. It really does. When the pitch came in, I told you this at 5 a.m. one morning this week. The, what's the first baseman? Voigt. Uh, when he started to unbuckle his shin guard, uh, yeah. uh, 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 the hesitation, if you rewatch that again, you'll see he was. that was a walk. There's no question about it. But he must have shown up the umpire, I guess they feel that way. So yeah, maybe we... I, I think the umpire legitimately, I don't think that he, he showed anybody up, or maybe he did, I don't know, umpires are kind of crazy with type of stuff. I think that the, the umpire, it, it, that was consistent with other calls that he made in the game. Now it's the wrong call. Uh, that's a problem. And we the, the technology that we have at home is so much better than they have, you know, it's like the, the instant replay, like in, in football. Like, if I have better technology in my house, why wouldn't the NFL also be using that technology to correct the game? So I think that the support for robot umps, which maybe was not all that great coming into this season, I think it's growing. And uh, maybe at some point baseball will get on board with but that. But let me ask you this. If you, if, if here's the, I don't know the baseball rule. I know the football rule. If you're uh, objecting or throwing the thing on and you're looking for replay and they see something else that wasn't pertinent to why they made the objection, can you change the call? So if the guy's foot was off the bag, but they see the pitch was three inches outside. Well, matter. you can't. I, I don't. Th- you can't review anything right. with with balls and strikes. Right. I know that. So you lose. I mean, so you think the game's are long now? Imagine how. <laughs> right, <laughs> I mean, think about this series alone. I want to protest that pitch, and I want to protest this. I mean, the games will take seven weeks. All right. Well, listen. Do the best you can, and we'll go back to the best television programs during the week. Yes. Exactly. Oh no! Look, Spike. Uh, the Regal Tumble, the Gordon Damer Show, Regal Tumble to uh, decipher the greatest television show of all time. That will be coming up uh, shortly. I don't, it's not going to start Monday. I think the tentatively scheduled date will be a week from Monday. And we are taking your suggestions on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, greatest. T- now, this is not just dramas. If it was just dramas, that, that conversation would not be all that uh, interesting. This is any show, any show of all time, 70 sitcoms, uh, Sports Center, 60-minute, whatever show you want. And we throw them all in the hopper, and we settle it in a battle royal fa- format where every day a new TV show enters, 
And based on your votes and your suggestions, that's how we come up with the field, your suggestions. That is uh, one move. One show will come in. One show will be booted out and it'll be all based on your votes. So, uh, yes, the Regal Tumble will be uh, coming up shortly because it's not like we're going to be focusing much on breaking down Jets and Giants games and looking forward to the next season, whichever, whenever the hell that's going to start. Oh, boy. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Let's go out to uh, Neil is in the Bronx. Neil, what's going on, my friend? Good morning, Gordon. What's up, Neil? It's a, it's a sad Saturday. Um, all right, I'm going to pick a show. I know I'm old school. It's going to be Cheers. Okay. Cheers has been team. nominated already. Cheers, I will tell you. Now, we're going to keep – it's it's like a the uh, – what is it? The Royal Rumble format where the, the entrants are selected randomly and they are kept secret. But I can tell you already, Cheers has been nominated. So they will be revealed. Right, and, and I got two more things for you. The devil right. – if, if Sane had a team, it would be called the Hellraisers. Hellraisers. That, they would have some good gear. I feel like the branding <laughs> on the Hellraisers would be very, very good. Although I'm sure there would be people that would be upset with the, the term hell being involved in the, in the, you know, like Phil Mushnick each week would have a column, I feel like, saying the hell ra- You know, what are we doing as a society having the hell raisers? But go ahead. I'm sorry, Neil. And I agree with you. The offense that the Yankees done, and also, you know, what beat the Yankees? Karma. What are the odds that the guy that Chapman tried to blow his head off is the guy that gets the game-winning home run? What are the odds? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect storyline, right? I mean, exactly. it always seems to, to happen that way, right? I mean, it is uh, and, and not after the year before. Yeah. Yeah, it's t- no, look, uh, I get it. You know, it's funny to me, you know, when they were bringing that up, and obviously it's a talking point, and uh, they brought it up even before the – during that at bat, uh, Brian Anderson and uh, Ron Darling – you know, they, they, they just say when they refer to all the Rays guys that throw at people's heads all the time because that's their, their move. I mean, even in this series, when Stanton would hit a home run, Urshela was getting buzzed the next batter. Whenever they bring up the other side of it, well, you know, there's been a lot of back and forth. You know, no specifics on those ones. It's just, uh, well, Brasso, you know, I get it. You know, you just think back, you know, and, and I guess I bring up this line all the time from John Madden. It's uh, when you lose in a playoff series, it's not just the pain of the loss, which was, was bad enough. It's now all the realization, all the things that you're going to have to do just to get back to the same point next year. And think about a year ago, right? You lose in the ALCS last year, and this year it's the ALDS. So now three years since the Yankees came within one game of the World Series, and it certainly seems like, and based on the actual results, they are now getting further away from that. So we've been looking for what the answers are. I know that there's a lot of popular answers out there about analytics and Aaron Boone's to blame and cut Gary Sanchez and all these type of things. I don't think that there is any easy solution. I don't think that there, and especially because the, the, the issue last night, the issue the last few years has been the offense. And just take a look at the spots on, on the roster. Where, where are the moves coming from? Right? There's a lot of guys who are locked in. Now, they have a decision to make on Sanchez. They have a decision to make, I guess, with catching. It certainly seems like with the way that the playoffs broke down, that they're off Gary Sanchez and, and who knows where they go. I can't imagine that they're just now going to non-tender him. Uh, you know, a guy who's still 27 and still has potential has shown that in the majors, even though two of the last three years he's been abysmal. And he was abysmal this year, and he was unplayable, right? I mean, if you, if you can't hit and you can't catch, you know, <laughs> where's the spot for you? Gordon. But I don't know where you go to uh, improve the offense uh, simply by making a move or two. Yankees, every year, there's going to be changes. I think, though, most of those changes are going to be focused on offense, uh, excuse me, on pitching between starting pitching with now, you know, Tanaka's a free agent, Paxson's a free agent, Hap is gone, the, the bullpen, the issues you got there. Uh, I think that that's where the areas are going to be focused on. And look, look it's, it's, if, you can, if you can stop the other team from scoring, that's great too. But I think that the bigger issue for the Yankees now the last three years has been in big spot, especially this year. This is the year where the offense should have been able to carry you home, right? Five games in five days, you figure the offense, the, the, the impact on that is not going to be as great as, as, as on pitching or on bullpen or all those different types of things. And yet, when it came to Game 5, do or die, the Yankees scored one run, they had three hits, and they managed four walks. 
that's uh, just simply uh, there has never been a more clear example of why a team lost in the postseason than that. Do or die, game five. The one advantage you have is your lineup against their lineup, and they scored two runs and you scored one. So there's no other way to put it. No other way to put it. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. So we've focused on uh, what the actual issue is. It's the offense. It's the offense. Stupid, right? Like it's the economy. Stupid. It's the offense. Stupid. And uh, the things that have not actually been the um, the issues. And you know the other thing is, and I don't know the I don't know that anybody's going to know the answer to this. You know the Yankees went out last off season. They brought in Garrett Cole. They spent all that money, and and thank God they did. <laughs> they might not have gotten to Game Five if they didn't. But when you look at this offseason, I don't know what impact the, the pandemic is going to have on payroll. I can't, I can't imagine it's going to be good. I can't imagine you know, for anybody who's out there who's like, oh, well, you know what you do? You just go get uh, JT Realmuto or you sign Trevor Bauer. You sign... I don't know that uh, necessarily that uh, the, the big money moves, I think that these are going to be much more tweaky kind of moves. And I guess the other thing is, and this is kind of I know it, last year, the Yankees had a lot of guys. It was next man up, right? The Mike Talkmans of the world, uh, the Mike Fords of the world. This guy, you know, little guys who came. Talkman looked like he was a real piece, piece and, and this year was clearly not the same player. So I think that they're going to be much more tweaky kind of moves than the uh, big splashy go out and sign the the big free agent. But we've been focused on the Yankees a lot. We'll continue to take your phone calls at one eight hundred. 919 ESPN New York. But uh, in case that was not depressing enough, as I brought up earlier, yeah, the Yankee season's over. But hey, at least we have the Jets and Giants to focus. Yeah, football. So uh, let's, you know, let's get a couple of thoughts on that before we go back to the phone calls because uh, I need something else to focus on. And at least uh, the Jet season for me has been uh, fantastic. So, and this week, it's been uh, it's now about the Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco and Frank Gore leading the offense against the Arizona Cardinals, who, boy, oh, boy, that bandwagon cleared out quickly, right? After the first couple of weeks, Arizona, hot team, Kyler Murray, MVP, and they go out and lose to the Lions and uh, the Panthers. <laughs> oh, boy. So, the, the, look, the, the good news, the Jets finally got some good news yesterday that all the, the, uh, the positive COVID tests on one of their players turned out it was a false positive. So everybody was tested and everybody's been cleared. So that's good news. And it does kind of feel like the NFL, in terms of COVID, has not really yet had their kind of come-to-Jesus moment. Like, it seems like this is still, and baseball had it at times, right? It seemed like there were times where the season was kind of teetering on the brink there with the positive tests here and there and, and, and the Marlins situation and all that. It doesn't really feel like the NFL has gotten, it, has gotten past it as of yet. So that's good news for the Jets. Uh, and their game against Arizona will be played tomorrow, so I guess it's kind of a, a good news, bad news situation. Coverage starts at 11 right here on 98.7 FM ESPN New York. But the Jets this year, I, I've, I've kind of termed their season, the motto of their season has been, you got to see it to believe it. Like, that's how bad it's been. To say that the Jets are 0-4 or that their offense has been ranked this or the defense has been ranked that, it doesn't properly encapsulate just how bad it's been. You have to see it to believe it. And now this week, just just when you think it can't get any worse, it can get worse because now Sam Darnold is not going to be playing this week. He's going to be out because of the shoulder injury. Yet another problem when we focus on the Jets, we focus on Darnold, and this is now going to be the third year in a row, third year of his career, it's going to be third year in a row, uh, that he's missed time. Now, the motto, I'll grant you, is a strange one, but he, you know, three years in, he's never played 16 games. There's no way to spin that, even if you're in the Sam Darnold cult, as being a positive. There's just no way. So, and we unveiled, during the morning show, our inaugural poop rankings. Everybody else has NFL power rankings because we have the Jets and Giants. We went with poop rankings. So not a surprise, Jets won, uh, Giants number two. And according to our metrics, our analytics, the the program, the logarithm that we have come up with during the 5 a.m. show, it's pretty clear that one of those two teams, overwhelming favorites to get the number one pick this year. But this week, Joe Flacco stars. And... I, get, I would think if you're a Jet fan, you almost have to be kind of praying for more of the same, right? Could, could you imagine, could you imagine if Joe Flacco went out this week and won a game? I mean, that would just be devastating 
to the, the one silver lining that you have of the season. Right, like it would be one thing if Darnold went out and won a game, because then you would say to yourself, "Well, you know what? I didn't really want to. I want to have the first pick overall, but at least now I can see some signs that my quarterback is answering the question." If you go out and win a game with Flacco, that whole argument is out, and you've got this thirty-five-year-old quarterback killing, or at least severely damaging your chances of getting the number one pick overall. So I was listening, you know, I listened to the shows on the station, obviously. I was listening to Bart and Han during the, the week, and Bart said something that, I, I got to be honest, when I heard it, I, I almost uh, drove off the road. And I, I think if, if, if it's true, oh my God. He said that Flacco actually fits Adam Gase's system better than Darnold. There have been many indictments against the Adam Gase system. I don't know if you could have a greater indictment of Adam Gase's system than a washed-up 35-year-old Joe Flacco is a better fit. If that's the case, uh, dude, you need a better system. So, I mean, just imagine if the Jets were to win this week. Oh, and that would certainly damage the Sam Colt that's out there. And the Colt, their main, their main focus of the Colt is... Well, it's not Sam's fault. He can't do anything. Now, I don't think that they're going to win this week, although Arizona's not a great team. If you were to go through the Jets' schedule, you'd have to say that the, the Cardinals are one of the more winnable games that you're going to have. Now, I'm not saying it's it, you are going to win, but, I mean, take a look at the schedule outside of the Dolphins. Who else you got? The Cardinals are probably it. So the, the main focus of the Sam cult is you can't blame him. He's got this bad coach. He's got this bad system. He's got no talent. If you were to ever go out and win with someone other than Sam, oh my God, that would be, the cult would really, they would be buying the purple Nikes and the black tracksuits. Or is it the purple jumpsuits and the black Nike? I don't remember, but you know what I'm saying, if you get the reference. Uh, as for the Giants, this has to be the week you score some points, right? I mean, you, you, you have to. This, I, it, I know every week they're, they're close for the most part, but if you don't score points this week, I mean, this is the week. You have the Giants. What is the greater force, right? The Giants' awful offense or the Cowboys' awful defense? Uh, the Giants haven't scored a, a touchdown in forever. They have not scored a touchdown, I think it's the last 20 possessions. And it's one thing to be bad. We got bad. They're boring. You got to give us something. You got to give us something this week. And I know I'm, I'm shouting in the wilderness here because it's it, the, the guy's name. As soon as I bring it up, you're going to be like, seriously? But the one matchup problem that the Giants could pose the Cowboys, Evan Ingram's the one guy. And unfortunately, he's a matchup problem. He's also a catching problem. <laughs> he also has a catching problem for the Giants. And they've targeted him a bunch. I mean, they've targeted him. I think the average is like seven targets a game. And he's been terrible. But you have to be able to manufacture something here. Now, the good thing is, is Dallas... In terms of takeaways this year, there's no team worse than them. They have one interception all year, and they have one fumble recovery all year. They are dead last in the NFL. So you would like to think, for, for Daniel Jones, this has to be the week he has a clean game. You can't have any fumbles. You can't have any interceptions. And you got to score some points. That is not too much to ask. All right, let's get some more phone calls. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Max is in Manhattan. Max, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Gordon, great show. Thanks, man. Uh, hey, you know, you're right. There's no silver bullet for the Yankees, but I think there are a couple clear things they have to do. Uh, to your point, you're not going to move a lot of the position players to get the additional hitting. Uh, I do think you've got to get more consistent output from left field. So Guardy goes and you get someone who's, who's more of an average hitter. Uh, you get rid of Sanchez, you get either Higgy or you get an additional catcher who's an average hitter. You start to balance out that home run uh, plus contact thing. you got to solve the pitching. Whether You need two more pitchers now, whether that's you bring back Paxson and Tanaka or you don't, you get the best two that you do. And the third thing, I think, you've got to put behind closed doors Boone on his last year of urgency. You don't tell that out in public. You don't tell it in front of the team and start, you know, a crap show happening, but you make it clear to him, and then you go work to find who would replace him at the end of next year if the same thing happens again. 
Yeah, I think next year is a big year for Boone. Uh, now, look, there, there could always be a surprise. I would, I'd find it uh, shocking that if he were to go anywhere this year, because again, as, as people have brought up, Michael can, brings it up during the week. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm just saying for the people that want to see him go right now, you know, it's kind of hard to blame him when he's not the, the 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 final arbiter on a lot of these decisions, right? I mean, we all can agree, especially game two, that was not I don't, on him. I don't think you hang 100 percent on him, but I. I don't. You think you? I don't think you let coaches off the hook that they don't. No, create, absolutely. Don't create a culture, and it, I will. You know, I will agree with you on this, Max. As, as well as that, he, he's not a strength, right? Like he might not be the reason why you lost this series, but he's not a strength either. I mean, he's very good at supporting his players in post-game TV conferences. I don't think that he he demands a culture of urgency uh, out of them consistently enough. Yeah, you know, uh, and that might be true. It's kind of tough to, yeah, it's kind of, t- you know, like what's the metric for that, right? Like it's tough to, it's a feeling more than it is like this is a glaring thing here. But I think uh, I think that, that you might be onto something there. Uh, but that's an organizational thing. That's an organizational thing as well. So, uh, you know, at, when the game two thing happened, everybody wanted to crush Boone. But I think a lot, there's a big section of the fan base. And this is the crazy thing. They, the ones that crush Boone a lot are a lot of the same people who used to crush Girardi. <laughs> And I, I, I like Joe Girardi. I was kind of surprised, even though there was kind of the writing on the wall that he was not going to be back after, the, after 2017. But three years in now, the idea was, I think, that this new approach, this different approach, that Girardi's approach kind of grind and wore down the players, that this new approach, this kumbaya, bring everybody together, it's not exactly like you can point to, to cases of, okay, this clearly has brought this guy from one level to another. And I think that the personification of that, I think a lot of it was Gary Sanchez to get the best out of Gary Sanchez moving forward. And two year, two out of the three years, I mean, he has absolutely been abysmal. And whether or not by opening day next year, if Gary Sanchez is still a, a Yankee, I think, boy, that's still that, – that's – doesn't look good. <laughs> doesn't doesn't not trending in the right direction there. Of course, we're breaking down the uh, Yankees season and uh, Ty Butler, who uh, produces for Dave Rothenberg, who's coming up, of course, at nine o'clock, with a a good stat: last four Yankee elimination games. If you, I mean, I don't know how much more crystal clear you could possibly need it after last night that the offense is the problem. Last four elimination games. Here are the runs that the Yankees have scored in the last four years where they've been eliminated. Ready? 2017, zero. 2018, they scored three. Two of them came in the ninth inning. 19, they scored four. That was that's pretty good. Two came in the ninth inning. And then last night, they scored one. I mean, it's the offense. Now, I'm not telling you I got some great solution. I'm not telling you, hey, you just go out and do this and you go do that and and I will grant you a lot. One of the big reasons why is most of the pieces are not really all that movable. Like for all the talk we'll have about catcher, I mean, what other spot in the left field? All right, maybe Frazier plays more. I do think the Gardner. They're going to bring Gardner back. Gardner was actually pretty good in the playoffs. He's a lot. I mean, he's had tons of playoffs where he didn't do a whole lot. This is not one of them. He was good. So I would not be surprised they pick up his option for next year. But there's not a lot of great easy solutions. I can tell you that. It's a complex problem. Why they just can't seem to come through with big hits in big spots in the playoffs. It has been a problem in the past. It was a problem in this series, and that was the one error. You know, if the Yankees went out last night and scored a bunch of runs, but you know what? Cole didn't have it because he was pitching on short rest, and you went into the bullpen, and guys just didn't have it, and you lost, you know, 7-5 or 8-6 or, eight, eight, or something like that. You'd say, all right, well, you know what? The pitching, you had a lot of injuries to the pitching this year. You know, the bullpen guys, for whatever reason, didn't click. The loss of Canely, not getting anybody at the deadline. But you know what? We went down swinging. We went down. But that's not the case. The offense, which is the thing you were supposed, that's the one area coming into this series that you had an advantage. And it didn't turn out that way. You scored one run. I mean, I don't know how much help. You can't make it anymore. When series and seasons end, there's a lot of finger pointing. It's this thing. It's that thing. It's all you can go through and you can view it through different prisms. There's only one way to, to, to view the Yankee failure, and it is a failure of the offense. All right, let's go back to the phones because I'm all talked out. 
That's a problem. But uh, let's go to Buddha is in the Bronx. Buddha, help me out here. Uh, help you out. I'm trying to help myself out. <laughs> I got you, buddy. I got you. I understand. Oh, my God. Listen, you know, especially with, with the state of the New York sports as, as they've been, you know, the Yankees, that that, that was a, a team, you know, you, you felt you could depend on. And this really hurts bad, man. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, the lineup that, that we have, you know, we, we have to add a sprinkle, not, not a big-time players, but, you know, maybe one or two, you know, get-on-base guys, not only for them to but get where on are they base. Play- but- Buddha, but where are they playing? What position are you putting these people at? Listen, I, I would, like the caller said before, I, I mean, Gardner, he, he did okay, but I, I'd make a move there. Okay, all right. You but, so you don't want Frazier in left field? No, I, I mean, he, he, I don't love him either, to be honest with you. I, you know, I think they need an infusion of, 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 of one or two guys that were successful, you know, on, on another team because the, the hitting we have, we have hitters. But we don't have clutch hitters. And some of that is the hitters, but also, and see, this is where Boone annoys, annoys people. It's the philosophy. You know, these guys are going up there swinging for the fences. I mean, every, from, from all levels of, of the team, infield, outfield, I mean, somebody has got to get on base, move the runner. Uh, you know, and also, I, I got to be honest with you, you know, Chapman in a big spot. You know, I, 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 this has happened before. Absolutely. You know, he, he's disappointing. He's disappointing. I, I would move on from him, too. And Sanchez, let's be honest, the, the, the move-on process has already taken place. If he's not going to hit, he's useless to you because he's not a good catcher. He's not a good catcher. Boom, like you said, you know, a lot of his decisions are coming from upstairs. But I think that's also a part of the problem with Boone. There has to be a little pushback. As a man, as a professional, we've all been on a job where the boss has been micromanaging. And every once in a while, we've got to say, look, I got this. And you got to go down with, you know, with your plan. Sometimes you have to do that. Uh, you know, learning in progress, you know, learning on the job when your team is – so-called, quote-unquote, a ready-made team, this hurts, man. Because, you know, I'm even looking at Judge a little differently, to be quite honest with you. Stanton, there's nothing we can do with him. You know, he, he had a good series, but once again, if you look where his hits came from, I mean, Stanton, excuse me, when you look where his hits came from, they were not in a big spot. They were piled what? on. And- <laughs> I mean, look, Buddha, I'm not, (laughs) he's the one guy who hit in the series. I mean, you know, like, I'm not saying that uh, he's blameless and that at bat in the ninth inning, can you get the bat off your shoulder? I get it. But when we're running down the list and it's a long list, he's near the bottom. He, 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 I I can take that. I'll take the tack on runs. I'll take the tack on. Buddha was doing so well. And then he had to mention that that. he was going good. He was going good. The thing that he said, and it's just, it's kind of hard when people say, you know, this swing for the fences kind of approach, you lost because the other team hit two home runs. You hit one, they hit two. Teams in the playoffs, not three years ago, not five years ago, not ten years ago, teams this year in the playoffs who out home with their opponents are 22-1. and one. I get it. We all want to find these simple solutions. What I'm saying to you is I don't know that these simple solutions exist. The stupid Magic 8-Ball that we use for the Jets questions. Yesterday, I asked the Magic 8-Ball about were the Yankees going to win. And it said, yes. What do you have to say for yourself, stupid Magic 8-Ball? Let's see what you have to say. Why did you fail me? Ask again later. Yeah, see, there you go. Nobody, nobody has any answers. Nobody has any answers. Let's go to Simon in New Haven. Simon. Hey, how are you? I'm I'm fantastic. I'm living the dream, uh, Simon. I'm, uh, I'm miserable. I'm, 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 I'm disappointed. I want to yes. make 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 my, some comments about what happened here. Well, first of all, I mean, I don't understand the, 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 this lack of offense here. I mean, it, it seems like sometimes it's a it's a conspiracy against these pitchers that the, <laughs> the, the hitters don't want to score runs. I know it counts counts caddish, but come on. I mean, these pitchers they, I mean, they they say I need some respect. I need some run support. Every t- single time, ground out, pop up, ground out, pop up. I mean, you're supposed to have quality at bats. I mean, 
Boone is sometimes he gets like Girardi with these decisions here. I mean, you got to be on these hitters. All you ever hear is it's frustrating. You know, it sucks to lose. Girardi was the same way too. Look at the result. I mean, we we have got to you know do something here. I mean, why can't he why can't he preach the Alfonso Soriano approach? Go after the first pitch. Lemayu <laughs> does it. And if he's on the worst of wise, Alfonso Siriano. What is the Alfonso Siriano approach? I'm interested by this, Simon. I want to know the Alfonso Siriano method. Go ahead, give well, me. I'll it. tell you. I'll tell you. I noticed that you know when Joe Torre put him in the leadoff spot, Soriano always had this knack, and I'm sure you've noticed it too. He always had this knack of going after the first pitch and mm. being successful at getting a home run or a base hit. And everybody behind Soriano, you know, even Jeter, hit the ball better. Yes. Hit the ball well. Yes, I agree. Look, Simon, you're right. I think that that, and thanks for the call. I think that that's the approach that they need to take in the future. Brian, do we have a, a number for Cashman or Boone that we can call them and tell them that in the future, have the batters uh, have good at bats and get base hits? <laughs> and always swing at the first pitch. Swing at the first pitch. Because that's the Alfonso Soriano approach. That right. he, that was way out of left field. Come on, that, like that Simon. Look, do, do better. Uh, I told you that uh, that this could happen. We knew that this could happen. Right? I guess it had to happen in the eight o'clock when hour. Dealing yeah. when you're dealing with a sports loss like this, right? Where you thought coming into the when the Yankees went out and they the, the news came out that they had signed Garrett Cole. Now look, we were looking at a very different world back then. But when that news came out, you thought, okay, that's the missing piece. There you go. Even though for the diehard Yankee fan. I think that we kind of know, we talk about this in the morning all the time, that when we really talk about the failures in the postseason, even before this year, the Gordon. failures have been about the offense. What Gordon, the so you know how Simon just said that Soriano hit home runs off the first pitch? Yeah. Right. So he had a career average of 270. So, like, you know. Right. No, look, nah, I, I nah. mean, but Alfonso Soriano was a guy who was swinging from his, from his, you know what? I mean, it wasn't <laughs> like he was, you know, this, the, he was not exactly DJ LeMayhew going no. the opposite field and, uh, he's a god. Yeah, uh, LeMayhew is no. a god. We, was, what's the nickname that you always give him? Because he's the, the complete, patron saint of the, base hits. The patron yeah, saint of base hits. The patron saint of base hits, hits, yeah. hits failed us in our hour of need. Uh, I was praying to him last night. Uh, I was using, we should have put a candle. I should have put a candle on my end or something like that. It didn't work. It did not go well. Did not go well. The calls have not been going well. I got to be honest with you. You people need to step up your game. You thought the Yankees came up flat. We've had conspiracy theories. We've brought up Alfonso Soriano, a home run, the, the swing or nothing, you know, home run or nothing approach. The other team, the other team hit two home runs. That's why they beat you. They beat you. They beat you because of that. They beat you because of the home run. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.